0: Welcome back to the Emerging Leaders Podcast. We're on episode number six with the beautiful Sophie Bennett, uh, marketing by Sophie on Instagram and also a fellow Clubhouse lover. (laughs) And that's the thing is what I've loved most about Clubhouse is finding people who actually for the first time in nine years of doing online business, finding people who I resonate with who are my tribe. So it's been wonderful. Sophie is a social media specialist in the wellness industry. And I'm super excited to have her because there's a few elements of Sophie's experience and her expertise that I think would be a really beautiful addition to the podcast, especially bringing in the marketing perspective for those of you who want to build your legacy in an online business. And also from hearing the perspective from someone finishing college in COVID and navigating that journey into the workforce or your career pathway. So let's start there, shall we? Tell me about the last part of college and then transitioning into where you are now.
1: Yeah, so I finished my undergraduate degree at Southampton in July last year, so July 2020, and we all knew what we were graduating into it was a uh, struggling economy and people being put on furlough or made redundant sort of left right and center which already expanded the number of people that were going to be in the job market let alone a whole influx of new graduates yeah. so we clocked that quite early on knowing that we were going to be competing against people who with a far more broad experience CB resume and perhaps also had more qualifications than us or maybe had more life experience than us so we all knew that getting a job was going to be very very hard for a lot of us as well including myself all of our grad schemes had been cancelled they were cancelled straight out back in March April without any indication if they were going to be re-recruiting or if we would have our um, position back and yeah I mean I've never heard from them again so I'm guessing I did yeah Um, so people who already had jobs planned like myself we lost them before even our first day yeah at the job so yeah it was terrifying to graduate into <laughs> an yeah. economy where you were sort of scared to you more or less knew you weren't going to get a job or you wouldn't get one for quite a long time yeah yeah and so that's why I ended up doing marketing by Sophia made my own job and sort of thought nothing could be worse than unemployment. So yeah. <laughs> we'll give it a go, see how it goes. And it's gone very well. So that's always a positive.
0: What do you think Some um, surprised you most about starting Marketing Best?
1: I think you forget when you start a business, just all the things you have to do. So it's yeah. all good and well making. So I make content for different wellness brands and I manage their Instagram profiles and things like that. It's all fun and good doing that but you forget the whole registering with HMRC that you have to pay tax over a certain amount, you have to have a separate business bank account, all the really technical things. You need to have legal contracts, which I didn't realise for some time. And it wasn't until I say an adult, I am an adult, but like a more experienced adult came and told me, you've not done any of these lists of things. I just sort of went, Oh, <laughs> yeah, okay. I think that was the biggest shock, just the amount of components that go into starting up a business, and how long it takes to do those components. It's not you can get it all done within an hour, it's probably a couple weeks. Yeah, so I think that was the surprising workload on top of client work, but what makes it worthwhile is obviously, I love working with my clients, and I only work with people that I want to work with or I feel like I could develop a good relationship with so that does make it not feel like work it makes it feel more enjoyable and I actually look forward to doing what I say is my job yeah Um, whereas some people unfortunately sort of dread going to work oh I actually have to go and do this today whereas I get up I'm like oh yeah I get to do this today that's really exciting nailed it straight out of the gate
0: there's there's so much I love about you and I think when I first, I can't remember if I first connected with you on Instagram or heard you in a clubhouse room, but the thing that instantly drew me to you was just your kind soul and how, su- and how sweet you are, but also at the same time, super savvy in what you do and super smart because Sophie's also doing her master's graduates in yeah. digital marketing as well. So super savvy yeah. lady as well in your own right.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's definitely hard balancing the two I'm not going to say oh you know doing a master's is easy no it's absolutely not but one thing that has helped a lot is being able to time block out certain times yeah and say okay this is when I've got all my lectures done these are the hours I've got to have client work and to do university coursework plan it appropriately and also make time for you to sleep and see your friends yeah that's definitely helped a lot I think before when I hadn't figured that out it was very overwhelming it was suddenly oh gosh I've got all of this work to do but when you actually take a step back and breathe a little bit you realize it's definitely manageable you just need to be good with your time I really
0: want to bring you Sophie on today as well because we've highlighted a few of the people. Not that there's anything wrong or anything like that. It's more just I've noticed that they are more older millennials into and Gen X, and I wanted the idea of emerging leaders was to highlight younger voices because I think some of you guys are, and I, I think you're on the cusp of Gen Z to millennial, yeah. but some of you guys come out wise straight out of the box. Yes. You're born wise. Something about your generation is pretty clued on from get from get-go. So us older folks have a lot to learn from you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, maybe. I
0: I get the sense that definitely it's been a turbulent time for everyone navigating COVID and it's such an unexpected thing and businesses are needing to pivot and people are losing 20-decade careers and all sorts of things. And I feel like you've done a really good job navigating it. But I get the sense that there are a lot of people around your age who've been struggling. So without naming names, keeping privacy and all that, is there any stories that you've heard of people who you think have really struggled throughout that transition? Yeah,
1: so I definitely have some graduate friends who still haven't managed to get a job, especially in what their degree was, So, whether that maybe was in events. Obviously, the event industry has been shut down for the longest time. And also it's been in other situations where they perhaps just got their degree at university and then left and the issue surrounding is what they do drum into you a little bit at universities you need to figure out what separates yourself from everyone else because the thing with my generation and not to say it wasn't hard for any other generation or anything like that but it's so incredibly competitive now and there's so many universities it's no longer just like the Russell group it's just the universities across the country. Yeah. Everyone's doing degrees. And so suddenly you have this very skilled workforce. And why should someone hire you versus someone else who got the same degree result as you? And you need to figure that out. Kind of figuring out what is your unique selling point of a personal brand almost. So for myself at university, it was doing different sports societies, running different committees, doing charity work, all of that sort of stuff. But then the friends I have who have graduated into COVID and still not managed to get a job, unfortunately, it's because they didn't do any of that when at university. They just did their degree. Granted, they did very well. They got a first and clearly very smart individuals, but it's just that whole adaptability as to why an employer would take you versus the other probably 500,000 applicants to one space. So... (laughs) It's a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely. But,
1: yeah, I think everyone there has taken it very well. The majority of people I know, they aren't sitting around going, Oh, I'm not bothered to do anything. They're up every day applying for jobs. They're really going through it. They're not just sitting yeah. around waiting for everything to pass over. They're really resilient in everything that they do. Yeah. So that's been good to see, I think, from my generation of people. Is sometimes we do get viewed as the lazy generation that don't really go and do anything when actually in reality a lot of us are doing all-nighters a lot of us are yeah. working in different projects left right and center just to get that experience yeah. to then go on and get a job or make our own job
0: absolutely I saw something on LinkedIn and it was jobs in 1970 versus um. jobs in 2021 <laughs> it was really good if I can find it, it was hilarious and I have absolutely no doubt older generations, they had challenges that we couldn't even imagine. They were just different. Yeah. Right? So they had challenges like in Australia, they were on rations after World War Two into the 1950s. My grandfather used to be a... Um, bus driver. So people used to smuggle butter <laughs> and they'd go up to New South Wales and smuggle butter in their luggage. And he'd be on the bus saying, look, I'm not going to say anything about the butter in the luggage, but just saying the luggage is right near the engine and you're going to have melted butter oh. at the other end. <laughs> oh no! So they had their own challenges in the The example on LinkedIn was 1970. Someone walks up and goes, can I have a job? And then the guy goes, yep, yeah, you can start on Monday. And then you're like, do you want to know my name? And then 2021, it was, can I have a job? I've got a degree. I've got a master's. I've got this year experience. I've got that. And then it's got the manager go like this, which is not that far off the truth. So So I can definitely definitely resonate with that. And being a millennial, we're also definitely misunderstood because the conditions that we were brought up in were very different to mm-hmm. the conditions that a lot of us coming of age in a big recession and then in the new generation coming of age and starting work in COVID. So it's a different ballgame. And I think we need, I think for us as well, taking into context older generations, but for older generations to take into context the kind of environment that yeah. the younger generations are launching their careers in, which is very different from what they went through.
1: But there was another example before... I started doing my business about a year ago and only really gained momentum in the winter also so So before the momentum started happening I was still applying for graduate roles and there was one I won't say which company it was but sadly I got rejected from it but they said we just want to let you know you were in the top 50 of seven thousand applicants for one space wow okay yeah yeah there's 7,000 students applying for one application, one job role, yeah. and they had advertised, I think, maybe about six job roles. Yeah. So if you yeah. multiply that, you've got, what, <laughs> tens I of thousands. Oh, yeah. what, what is seven times six? <laughs> <It's> 2, <000. laughs> you think about tens of thousands of students applying for six positions in COVID. Yeah. that's just describes the magnitude of the things that we're competing against
0: absolutely it's it's definitely a time where I think the whole idea of the workforce is changing and that we need to find new ways to provide opportunities for graduates because Mm -hmm. we're going to have a whole new workforce we're going to have a world with a whole new set of challenges and I don't think we're there yet in providing those opportunities so I can't imagine what it is like but I'm just really grateful to hear your perspective on it and the perspective that a lot of grads are are doing. And it's one of the reasons why I wanted to highlight Young Voices and help people who, whether they are just graduating and trying to figure out where they're going to go in their career or they've been (laughs) furloughed or have had a career sidebar and just help them find a new avenue because it's definitely been a point of navigation and some people have found their direction a little easier than others and I definitely love what you said about the USP finding your USP and I think if we could do more about teaching young people to find their USP for their own careers I think that would go a long way down yeah. so it's a beautiful insight.
1: <laughs> I think that always will help sort of like your interview process and things like that because they always do reiterate to us it is how you are going to be the different Joe blogs how are you going to be standing out on a piece of paper and that's why on LinkedIn I don't know if you've ever seen but a lot of people make creative CVs now yeah so they'll make fully branded almost like slideshow CVs replicating their brand identity and the brand product that they're applying for yeah and that's what's getting them seen rather than just an ave white piece of paper that says what you did yeah that's cool I know there's a big Hype around
0: self-employment and starting your own business. I think it is because I've been, since I was 19 years old, I've always had my entrepreneurial (laughs) hat on. So I went straight into running my own business once I finished Mm -hmm. high school. And I know from that experience, it's not for everyone, but it can be for some people who it's more suited to than others. Mm -hmm. So I think some people are better suited to a career role. But if we could just give people a career role that actually helped them and so they weren't stuck in companies where they hated going to work but actually provided environments that actually supported employees to do well I think we could create the best of both worlds.
1: I think as well what a lot of educational institutions do is they do try to force you into these large corporations or push you to apply for jobs they rarely ever say oh have you thought about starting up your own yeah partially I understand it is because they want to be able to say oh we've sent students to here there and everywhere
0: yeah for their
1: own marketing perhaps but at yeah. the same time I do think if they were able to say we have students who have gone on to make their own businesses that are now doing all of these things that might be slightly more impressive than we just got a student into another standard grad scheme although they're very hard to get and I want to emphasize how hard they are to get. Yeah. Um, it might just be a good add-on for the self-employment option that you can go into yeah. rather yeah. than thinking it's the be-all and end-all if you don't get into a grad scheme. Yeah, so. and
0: providing sort of the structure for people who, when you're starting out and all of those business surprises, helping people navigate all that rather than you just got to do it on your own. And it's one of the things I want the platform to do and the legacy program is what I want that to be for people as well. So. We'll see if it can play some small part in that. Then that's awesome. What I also love about you is your sporting background, but I don't yeah. know much about it. <laughs> you started playing sports when you were about ten. What sports? Yeah. What sports so did you
1: I play? Started playing um, basketball when I was ten years old, and moved up through it quite quickly. I was playing under sixteens at thirteen, um, wow. under eighteens at fifteen. That's yeah. quite. Uh, gradual getting better very quickly and then uh, we had a team at school called the ISST team which so I grew up in the Netherlands at this point the UK equivalent would be a bit higher than a first team at at a um, school yeah I would say it would be bridging the gap between like first team and county maybe and we got to travel to different countries to play against Different teams from those schools that had also similar teams and everything like that. So that was really fun. Then I came to university and kept playing basketball for another three years for the first team at Southampton. Then it just got to the point where I'd done it for 12 years and I lost the interest. I wasn't looking forward to going to training anymore. It was, I, I need something different now. I've enjoyed competing and I've enjoyed the sort of intensive pressure that you have with competing, but I just need to have something a bit more relaxed and a bit more fun now especially because going into your final year of university you don't really have the time to be doing super intensive competitive sport unless it's going somewhere like if it's going GB or going the England route or anything like that so I switched to mixed lacrosse in my placement year of university and I still do that now so that's really good fun oh Um, it's a lovely sort of community family of different students Uh, it's a mixed sport so it's men's and women's and we train two to three times a week and still have matches and everything outside of covid obviously it's really fun and it's definitely something different when you say to people oh I play lacrosse they all go is that the one where you've got like a fishing net and (laughs) (laughs) yeah and I was like yeah that that is the one yeah we've had a fishing net um hockey in the wild child there's always a reference to that film because they play in the film yeah I really really love it now and I do enjoy that it's more recreational than there being a pressure that you need to win matches that you need to be on a certain diet like all this sort of stuff so it is a lot nicer and I think the atmosphere is a lot friendlier as well when the pressure isn't there to perform constantly But I'm also training to be a personal trainer (laughs) alongside everything else. I'm almost finished with my level two. And then the plan is to have my level three done by June, July this year. So that'd be, it's very interesting and I do enjoy it. I try to go to the gym nearly every day with rest days, obviously, as well. So it's definitely an avenue I really, really enjoy. Hence the whole why I do wellness brands. (laughs) So. Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, it's cool. As far as basketball concerned, I was a swimmer, so I've got no hand-eye coordination <laughs> whatsoever. <That's fair laughs> I was short for a swimmer, so I think I'd be tiny for a basketball.
1: Player. Well, I'm a, I'm only five foot six, so I'm not. Oh, same height as me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not massively tall or anything like that. So, no. well that's
0: there we go. I've just had my mindset shift Thank you. <laughs> And what I love about your story with the elite athletes was that with your basketball is how well you know yourself because and at such a young age as well to recognize that was happening with your basketball and make an adjustment to something that you enjoyed more. And there's a lot of people out there who don't have that same skill in themselves and then it's almost like a beat them head, head against a brick wall going I'm not, yeah. doing this. I'm not doing this I'm not doing this and then it's like well how about if you make a change and stop beating your head against yeah. the brick wall so I think that's a, a really beautiful gift that you've had mm-hmm. and I hope that comes across in the podcast episode of your process of going about that because I think people old or young have a lot to learn from that So uh, let's chat a little bit about marketing and then we'll go wrap up with some final questions. So your favourite channel from our chats is Instagram and you're studying digital marketing. So (laughs) when you're working for an ideal wellness brands, what's your favourite element? Do you enjoy the posting? Do you enjoy building the plan or the strategy? What's your favourite element?
1: I... Really love the creative side of it. People come to me with an idea and say, Look, I've got this idea, I've got this vision, but I don't know how to bring it to life in terms of a visual image or a grid, as for Instagram or a brand identity in any way. And I get to go away and do that for them. And I think the thing that I get the most out of is when I then go back to them with what I've made and they get really excited. That's when I'm like, Yes. (laughs) So obviously, with what I do, the whole strategy aspect does come into it because to have a good performing social media platform, there does need to be a strategy in place. You can't just post whatever, anything and anything at whatever time. There is a whole plethora of different components that go into what makes it successful say Instagram profile but the one I do get yeah the biggest kick out of is the content creation and then seeing them all excited and happy and ready to go like yes let's attack this or not attack it but like yes let's make this live let's make this
0: yeah
1: you know happen that's what I really really enjoy with that side of marketing is yeah bringing an idea to life and seeing where it can go from digital marketing in terms of the masters it's definitely a very strategic based they don't really go into much of the um, creative side of things with that being said though I do really enjoy aspects of the strategic stuff there are some where I do nearly just sort of oh well, this is a bit dull but you do need to obviously know it and understand it in order to implement it further on for things to then work so they're all crucial aspects but obviously like any subject, some things are going to be more interesting to you than others. Cool.
0: Thank you because there's going to be a lot of people in the wellness field who are like, yes, I have an idea but I have absolutely no idea how to turn it into visuals, which yeah. is that's my challenge is I'm I like all writing but I don't have no idea how to translate it into a visual. <laughs> so yeah. That's why we need people like you. One of the things about this platform that we're building is I wanted it to be a space as well of hub, highlighting young voices, people who I really believe in and who I think have a lot to offer and also are well vetted as well. So what I love about you is because there's so much noise in online marketing. I wasn't about to just throw anyone in and, as, and highlight someone as an online marketing person because there's a lot of regurgitating of other people's stuff. There's a lot of people who haven't done any formal training and you're someone who not only has studied this at undergraduate level, but is studying it at master's level and also is an associate member of the Chartered yeah. Institute of Marketing. So, yeah. <laughs> legit.
1: <laughs> if anything, nearly overqualified. <laughs>
0: no, no, not at all. I don't think you're overqualified at all. I just get that you're the real yeah. deal.
1: Yeah, absolutely
0: <laughs> so yes if you're watching this and you've been looking for someone to help you with your marketing you could not go wrong with marketing by sophie 100 mm-hmm. percent. so yes i'm excited and i really do hope that this is sort of the beginning of our journey together and i do believe i know we said this when we first connected that we might have connected for a reason and i do hope that continues to prove to be true because <laughs> you're just such a, a lovely, a lovely person. And I'm just enjoying having this back and forth in this conversation and talking about topics that I think are timely and important and probably aren't getting enough airtime. Mm-hmm. And we'll go into some of the usual questions that I've been asking a lot of the guests. And I think we can take this in the context of your generation uh, stepping into, because you guys are going to be the leaders of the future once we're too old to,
1: <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> to, to think,
0: <laughs> once we're all losing our minds. And so what I'm curious about is taking into context everything that's happened over the past year, do you have a vision for the future or has even your vision for your future or the future of your generation changed somewhat because of what's been happening with COVID?
1: I think think from a sort of general perspective of my generation it will be a generation of people who are very forward thinkers not to say that isn't there now but there will be very forward thinkers and very much able to adjust to situations very quickly and it'll be a very innovative environment as well with new ideas and pushing for new ideas and new change that's one thing that my um generation has done a lot is definitely push for different change in all aspects I'm not going to go into like politics and all this sort of stuff but there is a lot of younger people even younger than me in the background who are really pushing for things to be different and I think that will only come more to light as we all get older there will be some significant changes made and then from say like a working perspective there will, I think, be a greater shift towards technology because that's what we've been brought up to learn. So we're just going to adjust to that as even faster than we were before. And alongside that, like I said, forward thinking, new ideas, um, And I think as well, a lot of resilience. So for whatever reason, we had another pandemic, God forbid, you would have a generation of people who have been like, right, okay, how are we going to deal with this? Rather than thinking, oh God, something's gone wrong. We don't think that way. We think in the way of, right, we've got an issue. So how are we going to solve it? And I do love that with the people that I talk to. I, a lot of people I'm friends with, they aren't the type to sit there and complain that something's gone wrong. Fair enough. We all have a little bit of a whinge sometimes if you've not been your day. But overall, it's always like, right, okay, this has gone wrong. What am I going to do about it? It's not sitting and mulling things over constantly. It's a very proactive approach to things. So from a generational perspective, I think that's what will be the greatest change.
0: Oh, definitely. I think for companies to be able to continue to compete successfully, innovation has to become a bigger Mm -hmm. priority. And so a willingness to entertain new ideas. So cultures being open to this new generation coming in with ideas right from the get-go. I think companies that do that, I think are going to do very, very well. Mm -hmm. So the big question of this series is what do you think makes a great leader? Actually, we'll do this two ways. The first way is what is the best way for an older generation leader in a company or a business to support someone of your generation? Because they just don't get it,
1: some of them. So from someone that I actually work with at the moment, it all works into the answer to the question. They found me on Clubhouse. They basically said to me, we recognise you're a graduate and what comes with that. So the whole, you're lacking in experience, you're lacking in these sort of areas, which someone who's maybe an established professional would have otherwise. But he said to me, I look beyond is not what's on the paper it's what you come out with so yeah. if you actually really sit down and talk to graduates if you're in a leadership position and you maybe go to interview your graduates rather than doing the whole I think it's called like a star approach when you have an interview or yeah. something like that I yeah. would argue deviate away from that yeah because yeah. we're drummed into regurgitating answers that fit that framework whereas if you really just sit down and ask genuine questions I think you'll be able to recruit graduates who are more suited to your business and are also going to bring in those innovative ideas yeah rather than just saying oh yeah this was the time that I was a part of a team like (laughs) (laughs) yeah in my view it just doesn't work now it's not suited to the business realm of things you really do need to be getting to know people on a more personal level to understand whether they suit you in your business and if they have the work ethic that you're looking for which a lot of us really do I know people do think yeah we're the lazy generation but we have an incredible work ethic we're driven to work hard that's all we want to do if you just gave us a chance to do it <laughs> so
0: beautiful and leaders in your generation for people who are coming through what do you think will make a great leader in your generation
1: I think it will be two things one is the whole adaptability and being able to make quick changes fast because markets are changing faster than ever, regardless of whether that's in the marketing space or finance or anything like that. There's something new every day. And if you've bought a book, it's probably out of date by the time you've bought that book. (laughs) Yeah. 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 The other perspective, I think it will be from being able to take a step back from what your views are. So put aside what your views are, put aside what experiences you've had and be able to look at the bigger picture of an individual. Yeah. And I think then you'll create some very strong teams of different backgrounds, of different skills, whether soft skills, hard skills, whatever. And you'd be able to build a team which you know, which will be able to get through any type of challenge. And if I was a leader in that perspective, I would be looking for people who are driven who have different life experiences, but aren't necessarily shouting about them in their CVs or anything like that. And also looking for those who really do want to make that change in whatever realm of work that is.
0: Thank you. Well, I do hope people in their twenties and people who are running businesses, at least some of them listen or watch, (laughs) watch this to hear. Yeah. You are one of the voices of your generation and yeah always more of them need to be heard so it's been so lovely chatting to you and I know Ricky probably (laughs) I could more rabbit holes I could go down but we'll wrap it up there do make sure if you're in a wellness business which means yoga meditation personal training oh I forgot to mention I was did I was a person that was my first business out of High school trainer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did that for seven years. I know that route. Know it was, that well. That <laughs> yeah. no, was good fun. Yeah. So personal training, fitness related, even personal growth, they're kind of your specialties.
1: Yeah. Mental health as well. Mental health. Comes into oh, that yeah. as
0: well. So. I think I love how COVID has destigmatized that.
1: Um, yeah definitely definitely. so
0: it's been wonderful so oh so good super important work so if you resonate with what sophie said do make sure you reach out and connect to her it's at marketing by sophie on instagram and yeah yeah, so reach out dm her, have a chat and if she's a good fit do make sure that you do reach out and i hope i can highlight some of your expertise on the platform as well if we can get you to do some articles and, and stuff like that we'll see we'll see what happens thank you no worries and she's just, just a super sweet human being i love that <laughs> thank you <for> <laughs> oh, well it's, it's been a pleasure and an honor chatting to you we'll wrap it up there that's it from episode number six of the emerging leaders podcast and we'll see you for the next episode very soon take care bye-bye <music>